One of the things that most people love to talk about is different generations. Generation Alpha, the greatest generation ever. Generation Alpha are being shaped in different times to generations past. They are more digital, global, mobile, and social and visual than any generation before them. There's no doubt that Generation Alpha will come up against their challenges, their own storm clouds, and uncertainly. We've touched on some of those challenges, others we haven't had the insights to forecast, but one thing is certain to us, their future is bright and like every other generation, they will find the tools they need to drive it in it. The future of Generation Alpha is exciting, full of creativity, innovation, and opportunities. They're not only following the positive examples set by older generations, but they're also empowered to take action, stand up for what they believe in, in and pave a new way forward. And it's here that we want to leave you with a great future for Generation Alpha, with the thrill of the new, the thrill of hope. If you are looking for tips on how to deal with Generation Alpha, or worried about their screen time, or their future, their habits, this episode is dedicated to parents, teachers, educators, marketers, entrepreneurs, and community members who want to connect with this generation and unlock their full potential. Then. This episode is made for you. My guest is someone who truly understands and supports the alpha mindset. Mr. Mark is award-winning social researcher, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and the founder of McRendell Research. The influencer, thought leader, Mark McRendell. Welcome to the Till Alpha Talk. I'm so excited to interview influential thought leader Mark McRendell. Mr. Mark is award-winning social researcher, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and the founder of McRendell Research. Welcome, uh, Mr. Mark. Uh, Mr. Mark, someone who truly understands and supports the alpha mindset. Let me introduce myself. Oh, thank you. My name is Ratila Shiri. I'm a 12-year-old, a proud generation alpha member from Saudi Arabia. I started my podcast because I believe that life is boring when we stay within our limits of what we already know. There is an endless sea of topics to explore, so there is always something interesting to discover. I love to improve myself and my skills each time I meet someone, and my goal is to share this with everyone through my podcast. We are eager and thrilled to get to know you better. First, tell oh. us the story behind the name of Alpha Generation. Thanks, Rutil, and, and uh, well done on this podcast and on what you do. Uh, you're a, a great example of Generation Alpha and the entrepreneurial nature, the global nature of your generation, and uh, my delight to be chatting with you. In terms of the name, the label, well, it goes back a decade and a half, I was writing a book on gener the generation that went before, Generation Z or Generation Z, as we say here in Australia, and Generation Y. And I realized, well, we've worked our way through the alphabet with X and Y and Z. There's a new generation coming from the year 2010. There's no label for them. What should we call them? And we're researchers, so we ran a survey. We said, what do you think should be the generation to come next? A lot of people said, well, got through the alphabet. It must be Generation A. Um, that was one of the most common responses. But I knew that wouldn't work because we're not going back to the start. It's not history repeating itself. It's a whole new generation in a whole new era and entirely different time. And so we need a new naming category. And that's why I opted to go for the Greek alphabet. So Generation Alpha, the label, was coined and born because of that. 
and uh, and that's your generation born since 2010 all the way through to 2024. That's an interesting story, actually. Okay, let me tell you how you appeared to me. As one of uh, Generation Alpha, I've done some of research and I've learned so many interesting things that I think everyone in the older generation should know. That's why I'm starting this podcast to explore the world of Generation Alpha with others and I decided to name my podcast The Tale Alpha Talk. You have published a book uh, titled Generation Alpha. My mom and I are excited to read the book once it arrives. As an expert on the newest generation, what are the most characteristics, features of Generation Alpha? Well, I think it's a very bright future for your generation and and there's a number of factors that lead me to say that. You know, it's the largest generation in history. We've got record birth numbers right around the world. So just that size of the generation will have impact. Secondly, it's the most formally educated generation in history. Your generation is not only starting school earlier, and a lot of students now are beginning even before the age of five or six, starting at three or four years of age in terms of early learning, but more likely to finish school and go on to tertiary studies than we've ever seen before. And not only, therefore, are the largest generation, the most formally educated, but the most globally connected generation ever. Now, here we are. I'm in Australia. You're in Saudi Arabia. And we're talking across the globe. And what an amazing opportunity that is for your generation to connect with your peers right around the world. And I think that understanding, that empathy, that connection that you will have, which didn't exist as much in the past, will be great. Also, the most technologically supplied generation ever. And again, we're connecting through technology. You've started a podcast. You know, it's just a great example of a generation growing up digital using the tools of the 21st century to bring about change. And so if you look at that, this global, digital, mobile, social, visual generation, generation with formal education, record numbers, and I think therefore record influence into the future. I think it's a very bright future for your generation. That's a good answer. I understand that now. I always hear it when people ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? This question actually does more harm than good. It makes me feel pressured to like choose a specific career path and to stick to it, even though the world uh, of work is changing constantly and there are jobs that don't even exist yet. Uh, why do I need to choose a job right now? Instead, people should ask me what my interests and passions are and what my vision for the future is. Is it weird to feel this way or is it just us? <laughs> I think that's a great attitude that you bring because, you know, even adults are changing careers. Even a university graduate is not sure what they want to do because, you know, as you said, the careers are changing so quickly. The world is changing so quickly. I think we need to be adaptable and flexible. Our research shows that the average school labor today will have 18 separate jobs in their lifetime. They'll have six separate careers. They'll be lifelong learners plugging in and out of education. They'll have more upskilling and retraining in their life than we've ever seen before. So rather than life being education, then employment, then retirement, it's going to be a lot more change and flux than ever. And therefore, the skills your generation will need are skills to be able to not just learn, but learn how to learn, to be adaptive, innovative, entrepreneurial, to respond to change, deal with uncertainty and to future-proof careers by remaining um, upskilled. That's what you're going to need. So yeah, I like your response to people. It's not about what job are you going to have, but it's about what are your interests and passions and how are you going to make a difference? Yeah, people said that. We need to choose one path and career to be specialized in. Do you think this approach would 
also work for Generation Alpha? Yeah, well, again, you know, there's going to be more careers, more industries. And also, as you said, there's going to be jobs in the future that don't yet exist. You know, many school leavers now are working in jobs that didn't exist when they began their education. Jobs like robotics technician or data visualization or perhaps AI technician, uh, social media marketer, influencer, uh, new fields, new jobs, new technologies. So, yeah, I think it's about um, developing a broad base of skills, keeping up the learning, enjoying and and developing that passion for an area so that you want to remain relevant in it. And and um, particularly developing communication skills, leadership skills, life skills, character formation, and entrepreneurial skills. That is what is going to be timeless and what can be transferred across different eras. If all we do is get specialized expertise in a particular field, we may not be able to carry that with us across our second, third, or fourth career. So yeah, developing those broader skills and the life and people skills is going to be key for the future. Okay. For me, my curiosity definitely drives me to learn and know something about everything around me. Speaking of curiosity, many of us are curious and proactive, which can like sometimes lead to trouble, like because some adults think we're nosy, you know. So how can we make the people around us understand that we're just eager to absorb, not trying to be nosy? (laughs) Well, I think that skill, that characteristic of curiosity is an important one and one that you never want to lose. I think it's It's a great thing to ask questions. In fact, leaders are people who don't give answers, but they ask questions. And the quality of our questions will determine the quality of our direction. Um, So I think keep asking questions, refining those questions. And, And also it's finding out areas of discovery. It's um, it's digging deep into areas of interest so that we can explore and become experts in that, that particular field of endeavor. It's gaining um, interest and, um, and knowledge in a field uh, rather than just you know giving answers. I think that's that's key. So yeah, keep curious, keep investigating, keep asking questions because that's where wisdom comes from. Parents often feel behind. The times in like the tech era are leading to conflict on both sides. How can parents and children work together to limit screen addiction and have a balanced relationship with technology? Great question. And I think that is important that we do manage our screen time. I mean, all of us and us adults need to set the example there. But if we get tempted to spend too much time on our screens, how much more young people where, you know, they've only ever known the technology. And I think you've used the right word there. There can be some screen addiction amongst young people. We can see a generation more dependent on screens than ever because it's not just a tool of information or even entertainment. It's the social world. It's the shopping world. It's the world of their banking and the world of their study also. And so it can therefore be a world where perhaps we're too absorbed. You know, what we need is to develop broader skills and interests. We need to be able to have a an acuity or a, an ability to engage with the environment around us, with nature, not just with technology. We need to connect with people face-to-face, not just through the digital or through the social media. We need to um, hear from people that might have a different opinion to ourselves, not just those that are on our same chat room who we who we know mm-hmm. from um, from uh, you know our friendship circles. And so, so I think all of that is going to encourage us to hopefully keep 
screen time in balance. And I'd encourage parents to be clear on what those constraints are. You know, have have screens not just as an automatic go-to, but maybe as a reward. Um, set some time limits around our children's use of screens so that they can be enriched by developing broader um, uh, interests, interactions, hobbies, sports, and activities. I agree. So this Generation Alpha differ globally. For example, the Generation Alpha in Australia different from Generation Alpha in Saudi Arabia or anywhere else? Yes, there's definitely those differences. You know, yes, it's one generation, Generation Alpha, shaped in the same period of time in our history, um, sharing the same life stage. Uh, but there's two billion Generation Alphas on the planet of eight billion people. And of course, not all of them are going to be the same. There's a lot of difference within the generation. And keep in mind, there's a lot of similarities across generations. So we're not who we are purely because of our generation. There's going to be gender differences, cultural differences, differences because of upbringing, religion, priorities of um, values, uh, and all of the richness that makes up the, the human fam fam family globally. Um, so of course, there's going to be incredible diversity within Generation Alpha. But it's worth understanding generational cohorts of groups because it does have a few layers. A generation is a grouping that is sharing the same times of history. And so for Generation Alpha, your generation growing up in the 21st century with the technology and the global connection, and you've got that shared life stage. Um, also, the events, the experiences, the, the inventions, these things that are, are quite transformative when experienced in our formative years do lead to a generation having shared um, experience or, or, or a shared part of history. And that plays out as well. So age or life stage, conditions and experiences, events and what we live through, social markets, all of these shape a generation. So yes, there's diversity within generation alpha, but a lot of connection because of those factors. Okay. I saw one of your episodes of your podcast, The Future Report, and I really enjoyed watching it. You're questioning some of the alphas, and I thought I'd try questioning the same question to some alphas here in Saudi Arabia. I will share the video with you, then you can share with us your feedback. What do you think the world will be like when you are older? I have new jobs. How do you spend your weekends? Go to my friend's house. Why do kids spend so much time on screens? What do you do when you are feeling sad? Cry. What job in the future might not exist? If you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? Don't go to school. What one thing do kids know better than adults? How to run faster. What do you think the world will be like when you are older? New jobs. There will be uh, new systems, new rules in country, other countries. How do you spend your weekends? I play in my PlayStation. I spend time with my friends. Why do kids spend so much time on screens? Because it's entertaining. What do you do when you are feeling sad? I just lay down on the couch and dream. What job in the future might not exist? Taxi driving because... Uh, maybe uh, the, the car will drive by itself. If you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? Racism. What's one thing do kids know better than adults? Knowing about computers and playing video games. How do you spend your weekend? I go to my friend's house. I go to Sephora. I like to read. I like to stay on my phone. I like to organize my room. What is the most important rule? Not to care about what people think about you. Why do kids spend so much time on the screens? Because it's so entertaining and I want to know how it's like in the other parts of the world. What one thing do kids know better than adults? A kid know how to like use electronics better than adults and get taste in music. If you would change one thing 
in the world, what would it be? Hunger. What do you think the world will be like when you are older? I think the world will have more opportunities for jobs. It will have more income for people. And it will just be a better world. Okay, so that's the video. Very so good. Feedback. <laughs> yeah, well, fantastic. You know, I love the fact that, you know, children have a big vision of the future, um, you know, and they are the ones often that can see because of the technology of today, where it might take us tomorrow. You know, I love some of those um, those responses there about driverless cars and about um, the, the the fact that, you know, we're, we're more connected than we've ever been. Yeah. Uh, this idea that, you know, maybe even through technology, it's a generation that might be able to end world hunger as that young girl was saying at the end there's this opportunity to find out what's happening in other parts of the world to, to share that experience of life across cultures more than we've ever had before so yeah great responses uh for a generation that really understands this this new technology and um and certainly has a big future ahead of them yeah i read that generation alpha will live longer and work later for the reason that they need high skills for their careers. Does this mean that we will stay in school longer than previous generations? Probably. We are seeing right around the world the number of years spent in education is growing. But it's not only that people are finishing school and then going off to further study post-school, but that it's a generation that is continuing education even once they start their career. Maybe after working a few years, they'll pick up a, an extra course. Maybe they'll do some study on the job. Or maybe they'll get what we call micro-credentials short little um, bursts of learning to remain relevant through their job. So yes, uh, learning even after school will remain a factor for this generation and keep this generation relevant mm. to, as you said, work a lot later in life than ever before. But some people drop out, like they drop out of well, college. Yes. Yes, yes, that that's right. There, there is that, and and we can understand that. You know, it's a generation that if you've spent longer at school and you started education a bit earlier than your parents, then maybe after thirteen years of study, uh, or if they go off to college, they they then think, you know, what it's about time I started working or making a difference. I want to stop learning and get out of the classroom, get into the real world. Um, and so there, there is a bit of a, a dropout rate. There's a high churn rate where young people will change courses um, in their college or university uh, because maybe what they started isn't quite what they thought it would be. But the main thing, I think, is that young people do keep involved in education, enjoy the learning process so that they'll be more inclined to um, stay in education for um for upskilling down the track. And we're exposed to a wide range of cultures, perspectives from a young age. Do you believe that teaching should be changed to accommodate the mindsets of Generation Alpha learners? And can you give some specific examples of how teaching can be changed? Yeah, teaching definitely should adapt, you know, because what worked for the millennials may not speak the language of Generation Alpha. Uh, what was effective in the 1990s might not work in the 21st century. Um, and teachers have often had a, a mantra, proverb, that, hey, if the students don't learn the way I teach, then I'll teach the way they learn. And that just makes sense. So I think that we are going to have to be practical and adaptive to teach in ways that connect with Generation Alpha. I'm already seeing that in schools where they are using more technology, more visuals, um, more video, um, and even the interaction of global classrooms where people can learn or connect directly through platforms like this that we're yeah. engaged in. 
to learn or interact with students right around the world. So there are just some ways. We're seeing also um, schools become more focused on holistic development, not purely numeracy and literacy, as important as that is, but also looking to develop the leadership skills, communication, life skills, uh, the ability to uh, make decisions, to understand finance, to uh, prepare for um, a world of uncertainty, to make career decisions. All of these skills that they're learning in school now are important. So schools are adapting to the changing needs of this generation. And I think that's a great thing. Yeah. And also I've heard that um, like some people they want to like include ai in like the school system and for example like each student could have their own ai for example and they will teach them the way they understand you know so there's not only one learning method there are multiple learning methods that for example this student uh, can understand this one the other student can understand the other one so some people or like some teachers want to include the AIs in like the schooling methods and they could ask the AIs and they could like each student can ask why we should why should we learn this and they could give them examples how this will benefit benefit us in our lives yeah exactly I think AI is a great area where where we're seeing technology change and and being used to um, connect with this generation yeah Um, and importantly you know I think that we don't want to just let students write their assignments through AI or write essays through AI, but use AI to um, in the right way and, and maybe even develop skills where they can look at content AI has developed and then assess that from a human lens. We've got to use technology as a tool to assist learning rather than take over the learning. And uh, and then suddenly, you know, humans end up serving the technology. So it's keeping the technology in its right place and AI can add a lot of value when it's done that way. Yeah. What if we could collaborate with students from uh, from another country on projects and assignments? Well, I think that's that's a great thing that we see now is this global collaboration is the ability to connect up right around the world. Young people are doing that on social media. They're doing that on TikTok. They're hearing from yeah. people probably most of, of, of who they see on perhaps the Instagram reels or the YouTube or, or TikTok videos are people not from their country. And so why can't they? do the same when it comes to learning and education. And we're seeing far more of that. The global classroom, learning from each other across cultures and across countries, and that enriches the educational experience. I would like to try that out. If you have a project like that, please let me try. Can you give me some examples of homework assignments that would be appropriate for Generation Alpha? Sure. Well, because it's a generation that um, thinks in new ways and you know, sees the opportunity of technology to solve problems. Um, some schools will ask Generation Alpha questions like, hey, we've got environmental challenges, and they could put one forward and say, how would you use technology to solve this problem? Or take that issue you mentioned of screen addiction with young people, where too much time on screens is impairing their social skills and their relationships with their family. Um, They're getting too dependent on technology. And the assignment could be, hey, Generation Alpha, how would you use technology to control technology? What's an example of using the technology that you have to better manage it so that it becomes beneficial to us and net positive rather than a detriment as we currently see. So, you know, there are examples there where those two assignments use the skills of Generation Alpha to understand their world and their technology, 
and to um, to to use that knowledge to bring about some practical outcomes for, that are relevant to them. How about create a blog about their favorite book or movie? Like as an alpha generation entrepreneur, I already started my podcast and I'm working on my own brand. Do you think that uh, businesses should be worried and start to understand and engage with this generation? Yes, businesses really need to sit up and pay attention to Generation Alpha, not only because they're the largest generation in history, but they're increasingly economically powerful, not just through their own spend, but the influence of the parents' spending. And within a decade, Generation Alpha will be in the workforce. And in fact, they'll be almost one in 10 workers earning money. Every organization, every brand, every product is just one generation away from extinction. Now, that's just self-evident. If we can't connect with the next generation, then what we're offering, what we're doing will be pushed to the margins. But I think such is the size and the scale of Generation Alpha that that urgency is, is even more prominent. And so even now, we need to I think for any business or organization, understand Generation Alpha, engage with Generation Alpha, give them a seat at the table, as it were, so they can help us as we ensure that our products, services or offering is relevant for this fast emerging generation. How can Alpha entrepreneurs use their unique thinking to succeed and beat the competition? I think the great thing about Generation Alpha is they're not just thinking about others as competition, but how to make a contribution. Um, the global connection, the learning from others, the ability to see where others are going through right around the world and indeed bridge gaps across the generations and across the cultures is a great strength of Generation Alpha. So what I see is that they won't just see the world as competition, but hopefully um, find ways of building more community, more connection and making more of those contributions. So I think it's generation with technology and a global outlook well equipped to do that. What are the most important social issues facing our society today? Well, there are certainly big challenges in the world today, and I think it's going to take a new generation to think of those problems in new ways and maybe bring some new solutions to them. And that's everything from global poverty and um, resource issues uh, through to better understanding across cultures and ending racism. Um, we found in our research issues like uh, mental well-being and mental health for young people are very prominent um, through to ensuring that as our population grows, there's both resources and food for, for all, uh, but also as our populations globally age, that we can look after the most vulnerable and the elderly. And so all of these challenges um, bring with them, you know, economic element, technological element and a social element. And I'm sure that this generation with technology in their hands and a new outlook can bring some pretty good solutions to these emerging problems. We name a gap in something, and I'd like you to give the alpha generation advice on how to work on it one handwriting it's it's a challenge for a generation who um who are used to typing everything and digital interaction um how they develop handwriting and uh and it seems like it's a skill for a bygone era we know that teachers often report that the handwriting of children is not as neat or um or orderly as they would like but it's a generation that's bringing great productivity to communication through technology. And uh, and while it's always important to be able to write, um, I think being able to use the technology is really going to help them in the future, particularly with AI and audio. Uh, we've got a generation now that speaks to technology and that even can get the technology to go from audio to, to text. 
and uh, and I think we're only going to see more improvements and growth in those areas of technology. Uh, communication skills. Communication skills are essential. And, you know, even in the future, the most valuable skills will be those human ones, will be communication ones. If we look at Generation Alpha, they're going to be connecting across more age groups and cultures and generational backgrounds and language barriers than ever. Uh, and so communication is going to be important. But often it's not just communication around words that matters, but understanding the heart, understanding the attitudes, uh, bridging gaps from if you like, an empathy connection, not just a logical connection. So I'm sure Generation Alpha will develop that. Problem-solving skills. Problem-solving skills are going to be so important because there's more complexity. The trends, the changes, the challenges are more multifactorial. There's lots of issues that come together that uh, need a, a solution in. And so, um, so yeah, that's the great thing about education. It's, uh, it's learning to solve problems that might be around maths or that might be around science. But ultimately, it's about learning to solve problems that can be applied more broadly in life. And so um, developing problem-solving skills is going to be key for Generation Alpha in the future. Climate change. Well, yeah, big, big challenges environmentally. And um, I think it's become a defining cause for young people. We found in our own research that more than 80% of the parents of Generation Alpha have had their own decisions and choices be influenced by their Generation Alpha children to be more environmentally friendly. So I think care for the environment and even helping the next generation think that way is, um, is one of the focuses of Gen Alpha. Uh, mental health. A big one. You know, mental well-being is so important. And a lot of the research is now showing that with the greater pressure to do well in, in exams on young people, um, the influence of technology and screen addiction, sometimes feeling down by comparing their life with everyone else that they see on social media can impair one's mental outlook. And, uh, and I think that's where we need to keep screen time in moderation. We need to get out into nature, um, not just indoors. We need to develop those people skills face-to-face -face and spend time with friends, all of that is going to help particularly young people um, ensure they have good mental well-being. Uh, financial literacy. Yeah, well, ensuring that, um, that we maintain or understand the world of finance is important. You know, young people have access to money at a younger age through the digital means of technology. In fact, whether they're on a gaming site or wanting to get some songs or um, have some entertainment, there's a, a financial um, streaming cost to that. And so therefore learning to manage, prioritize and save is going to be important. So financial literacy, important for Generation Alpha. Okay. Healthy diet. Healthy diet. Yeah, that's that's important as well. You know, we've got young people that spend a longer amount of time sedentary. And so the challenge there is that they'll end up um, uh, perhaps not being as active as they could be because of screens and then consuming when they're on those screens rather than um, thinking about what they're eating. So, you know, all of that creates, um, creates a, a challenge. So healthy eating and healthy activity is important for this generation. Okay, so I have a survey. I did a small survey to parents and educators. These are the questions. Uh, one question was, how often are you aware of the characteristic futures of the alpha generation from zero to 10? The second question was, what is your biggest fear as a parent educator of an alpha generation? I'm going to share um, the results. Right. But first, I share my screen. Okay. 
So these are the results. So yeah, I'll read it to you. Okay. Now you could share your feedback. Um, yeah. Well, I think the, the adults that you've surveyed there, it pretty much sums up what we found as well, that it's um, a lot of people aren't thinking too much about Generation Alpha because they aren't aware of them as a generation or, or maybe they think, well, they're just young, so what do we need to worry about? But, um, but you know, it highlights that we do need to start thinking about this next generation. And as for what their big fears are, um, as you found with that research, um, access to inappropriate content online, the fact that in their digital world on the screens, um, they might be um, negatively influenced by, by what is there. So the need for online safety. You know, in the past, the dangers were outside the house and parents could control when their children went out and who they interacted with. But these days, all of that connection comes into the house through the digital platforms. So clearly parents are, are quite um, worried about that. Yeah. So this is the second question, the results. What is your biggest fear as a parent or educator of an alpha generation? So this is how many people exposed to many inappropriate content, online safety, fake news and, mis and misinformation, screen time, communication, uh, communication with others, gaming addiction, more freedom and can't control or future career. Just, just highlights how our adults are, are quite anxious about young people and the time they spend on screens, uh, their safety, um, the content they access, the misinformation they might be exposed to just overall the screen time that they're spending and that might um, limit their ability to interact with others and develop um, social skills with others. So, um, yeah, that um, pretty much comes back to, to screens and the challenges that that can be for young, uh, young people today. Okay, now I'll stop sharing my screen. The third question. I uh, would like to know about alpha generation. So these are like some questions like they ask, yep. how do they view parents' care? Yeah, well, Generation Alpha see their parents as important. We found in our research that still the number one influence on Generation Alpha is their parents when it comes to finding a career or making decisions. So the parents are still important and, and the parents' input and, and care is still um, prominent. But what Generation Alphas do want is for their parents to recognise the world has changed and maybe that what they had when they were young is different to what it is today. And that's why some of our parenting styles may change a bit. Not that we ought not have boundaries or structure, um, but but that maybe we recognise that you know technology is part of life, that um, this generation does want to um, be allowed the freedom to make some mistakes so they can learn from that. And we don't want to so tightly control our children that they can't learn from mistakes or from um, interacting with others, um, because that's, um, that's a key part of growing up. Okay. What are the key triggers that deeply inspire the alpha gen? Yeah, the, the key people and, and figures. Well, this, we've seen a shift from people that influence used to be for previous generations, maybe big movie stars, pop stars, global celebrities. These days, they're influencers. They're people on social media. And they may not be just the one mega name. Uh, sometimes we find that young people in one culture or even one area or interest group know about a particular online influencer that others have never heard of. And so it's become more fragmented. It's uh, it's definitely a um, an influence um, spectrum that is, is more diversified. And so um, it's often the people they find online, sometimes even their own age, that become the big influencers. 
not global superstars. Okay. Uh, how to educate kids to become more intellectuals rather than taken by trends? Mm. Well, I think it is important that children have a good education and um, that when they're exposed to other information like TikTok influencers, that they learn that maybe not everything they hear is true and that not every recommendation is a genuine one because some people might be paid to to um, advertise or recommend a product. So yeah, I think that if this generation is educated and is um, given good guidance by their parents, they're more likely to make good choices in the future. Yeah. What is their perspective on the other generations? Well, we're blessed to have six generations in society, not just one. And while the Gen Alphas are the youngest at the moment, they won't always be because there'll soon be a generation Beta and a generation Gamma and, and Delta. Um, there's going to be more generations to come, just as there are more generations that went before. And, um, and, I, and I think the great thing these days is that the older generations are trying to work harder to understand the younger generations and bridge those gaps. And the best thing young people can do is try to understand their parents' and grandparents' generations, so that we can bridge those generation gaps from both sides. Okay, I agree. Uh, how can we as a society support this generation curiosity without exposing them to inappropriate the best thing that we can do as adults, teachers and parents for Generation Alpha is to equip them with values and their own decision-making abilities so that they can work out what's right and what's not. Uh, because we can't forever be hovering over our children's shoulders, telling them what to look at and what not to look at or what website they can go to or what they can't. But if we equip them with a sense of here are our values, here's what we believe in, here's what we support, here's what is good for us, and he, this is why these things aren't, then they will be able to make their own decisions with that framework that'll be better for them. The whole purpose of parenting is to move children from that point of dependency when they're young infants to the point of independence when they're adults, and yeah. it's a gradual process. And so sometimes can, yeah. parents can, yeah, exactly. And, and the children need to have more independence as time goes on and if we overly control them for too long they can rebel or if we give them too much freedom early on they can be exposed to bad things or not be protected as much so it's the art of getting that right that's the that's the yeah. situation that people need to get yeah that's a good that's a good mm -hmm. question <laughs> well i think that um building friendships begins with us thinking about others, not just ourselves, and trying to meet the needs of others, not just have our own needs met. If we can, in other words, build that empathy, build that understanding, add value to others, contribute, give rather than take, we're more likely to have friends. Who doesn't want to be around someone who is yeah. listening to them, caring for them and interested in them? And too often we think about friends as those who, who do I want to be friends with? Who's like me? Or yeah, and also uh, not only be with them in the good times, you have to also be with them in the bad times and uh, not just ghost them and <laughs> just leave. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. right. So I think they're all the all the tips of friendship that uh, they're important to keep in mind. And they're things that we know even from a young age, um, you know, listen to others, not just talk, you know, spend more time um, helping others than, than having our our issues answered. Um, so yeah, that would be uh, that would be some good good tips to keep in mind in building friendships. My last question is for all my guests. They said, live today the, the way you want to be remembered tomorrow. So what do you want to be remembered for? Well, hopefully 
someone who used research to find the truth, to use that truth to communicate wisdom so that the world can be better and people can flourish. And so I think there's a power in discovering stories, in unpacking information and in communicating that with insight so that it empowers human flourishing. And the more we can do that, I think we can have an impact. We can make the world better place we can serve others and we can communicate facts not just opinion i think one episode is not enough to cover all the interesting information about our generation our conversation today has been full of interesting that many people want to know more about thank you so much mr mark mcrendall it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the teal alpha talk I'm so grateful for your time and willingness to share your insights with us. Thank you, Ratil. It's been a delight to talk with you. Well done on your podcast and on your you know, great outlook for the world and your interest Thanks. in your own generation. It's fantastic and it's been great to chat. Yeah. And before I leave, do you have any question to ask me before we leave? Well, how long have you been running this podcast now? So I the idea started like maybe three months ago. And like the actual planning, like my first actual episode, um, it actually took like the first episode took a long time to like film because it was with like AI and it was like hard because there are some like um, issues. So far, I did four podcasts, uh, four episodes, including you. So I have like four months worth of content and the idea started is because I just want to uh, learn because there's a lot, as I said earlier, there is lots of things to learn about and I'm just so curious and I'm interested and obviously in the future um i could uh, have more professional equipment maybe one day we can meet in real life one day i can go to sydney for example so why not <laughs> why not you'd be very welcome over here oh thanks ratil it's been great to yeah. chat with you thanks for having me on your podcast and i wish you all the very best thank you so much it was a good time bye thanks bye, bye. bye. <laughs>